Blog Talk Radio. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. Hi, this is Jory. I'm the Coffee Psychic, and we are going to have a really neat show tonight. Um, we are having a gentleman by the name of Scott Seeds call in in just a little bit, and he will be talking about his experiences with Joe McMonagle, or I should say Joe McMonagle's experiences with uh, remote viewing. So um, we are looking. Uh, he's going to be calling in any minute now. So I'm waiting. You can tell in my voice I'm waiting for him to call in. <laughs> Anyhow, while we are waiting, I'd love to share with you everything that's been going on this last couple of weeks. You have to know how very busy and crazy it's been. I had gone out to um, Tennessee. This was in between Christmas and New Year's. So it was literally about three weeks ago, and it was really, really fascinating. Um, we had gone and done a um, paranormal investigation at this one lady's house. So one of my friends and I had gone down, down there, and I was visiting with some of my family. And, um, oh, my God, it was fabulous. Stuff that we could see in this woman's house was uh, just amazing. And, of course, when I walk in there, it's, uh, it was very active, especially there was this uh, one woman standing at the top of the stairs, and um, it was just it was just uh, a very active house. Now, we were able to do that. We also were able to um, get to another haunted location. I don't remember now. I may have mentioned this on last week's show but it was very interesting. Um, this one had already been on a different, on a different um, TV show, a different haunted TV show. The one thing that was very exciting about this, uh, this haunted location <clears throat> was the fact that there were children that were there. Now, I saw the children right away when uh, we got there. They were playing at the top of the stairs, and uh, they were just, you know, doing what normal kids do. Now, these guys were dead, of course, but, you know, they like playing. And when we went downstairs, um, we my daughter was with me, so I know this was not faked. Um, okay, I know this was not faked. I'm actually trying to text my friend Scott here make sure he can join us because I just spoke with him just a little bit ago so I don't know if uh, something's happening with the uh, with the number here all right so anyway um, was we had gone downstairs now one of the things that they have One of the things that they have, they have, um, they were playing ball with these kids downstairs. And that was, it was really fascinating because what they were doing is they were using balls to play back and forth with. So when they were playing the balls, they had my daughter, you know, they asked her, it's like, do you want to play with these kids? And she said, sure. 
So she was sitting out there in the middle of the room and playing playing ball with these kids, and the kids literally would take the ball and throw it, um, actually knock it off of her hands. All right, we're going to say, hang on one second here. hate to do this.
All right, guys. I'm coming back on the show again. So many weird things have been happening. Um, so many th- weird things have been happening on this program. I I sometimes don't know what to say. I've, I've tried getting the show out a couple of times. I'm not quite sure why. Uh, why this is happening, so I have to apologize to everybody. All right, I don't even hear the dial tone going on here. So I think what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to I'm going to hang up right here, and we I will call back in and start over. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. All right, bye. Can you try pressing control and F5? Okay, I hope you guys can hear me. We're into the show uh, several minutes now, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a live caller because I've had trouble getting in here. I don't know why there's been some conflicts here, but there have been. So this is Jory and the Coffee Psychic, your psychic connection. Um, We have a great, great speaker tonight. He's going to be talking about Joe McMonagle, remote viewing experiences with our military but let me go ahead and um, <clears throat> let me go ahead and call one of our or take one of our listeners here real quick. Caller, can you hear me? Hello. Yes. Hi. Who is this? This is Carla. How are you doing? Well, I'm going crazy, Carla. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. We're hanging in there too. Um, I wanted to ask a question about relationships. Okay and such um michael and i have been together for quite a while and over this past fall things changed quite a bit with his dad's cancer diagnosis and i just want to see right. where you see him and i headed because he hasn't been thinking very clearly on and off since and it's been an emotional roller coaster and even after giving me a promise ring he thought we should back off into friendship and such because of all the stress and it, turmoil that's kind of what i'm seeing right now honey um, it feels like he really does want to back off. <clears throat> so, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, the best thing you can do right now, Carla, is really just to hang in there and give him some space so he can think through this clearly. Because yeah, you don't yeah, want to be trapped that. with some. You don't want to be trapped with somebody that's feeling trapped. Right. You know, and right now that's going to be. I think around spring, you guys are going to see very clearly which way you guys are going in this relationship. So just hang in there. And, again, I tell people, too, if you want to get a more in-depth reading, please make sure you give me a call. It's uh, 219-940-9292. Again, 
219-940-9292. Also check me out at coffeepsychic.com, you know, for the monthly deals that I put out there. Now, I'm pretty excited. I think we have Scott here on the line. Um, again, sometimes I've got people that join me with some amazing stories, and then we get to the questions afterwards. So I have to ask you guys, I know a lot of people have called in. Um, we're going to talk with Scott right now. So if you can hang on the line if you've got a psychic question. Otherwise, if you guys have a uh, question about Joe McMonagall um, and the paranormal uh, stuff that's going on with our country, our government, please, you know, call in. Scott, are you there? Hello? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Oh, oh my God, yes, we can made you hear it me? finally. Yes. <laughs> we can you did. Hear me? <laughs> Holy mackerel. Yes, Has I can hear you fine. Is this or what? Well, we made it. <laughs> we did. We did. So, you know what? Let's let's just jump into the meat of this topic, shall we? You <clears throat> you're an author. And yes. um and just so the people know, you've got it's um You've been doing a lot of research. It's been years and years and years of work from what I know, from what you've been doing. And uh, one of the main people you've been studying is Joe McMonagall's remote viewing experiences and um, knowing that the government has had a program called Stargator, they did, and that Joe was a major part of that program. Um. So, and you've written so many books based on the experiences that Joe that Joe has uh, observed. So, can can you tell us first off, um, Scott, what got you into this work? Well, you know, I had been a writer, uh, a magazine writer, um, and I, I was published uh, between six different uh, publishers in the United States and Europe for over about about a 20-year period, and, you know, you can make money writing, but you can't make a living on, on magazine article-type things, and I wanted to move into books, and um, I was searching around for what could I write, because anybody can write a book, you know, it's called an autobiography, mm-hmm. but if you want to okay. try and get something out there that, that's actually a, a product, you know, you have to have something that people will want to buy, that they want to read, yeah. and so I was casting around for this, and I had a few ideas, and a friend of mine um, had gone to the Monroe Institute out there in um, Virginia, and this Faber, is a place Virginia, also yeah. where some of the military guys had studied with this, yeah, Faber, and um, with this binaural um, tapes from Doctor uh, mm-hmm. from from Robert Monroe, and um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I went out there, and um, what I didn't realize at the time was that Joe McMonagall lives right there; he's like a mile away. And when he's in town, he lectures in the evening there. And it, it was fascinating stuff. I thought, wow, this is a perfect thing. What I want to do is I want to send this guy against history's mysteries. And so I got together with him, and um, we set up a, a situation where I would submit targets, and he would write reports, and we would be able to solve mysteries. And uh, mm-hmm. right now I have six books out on six different historical mysteries. Um Wow. If anybody wants to take a look at that, they can go to evidentialdetails.com and kind of follow along with some of the stuff we might be talking about tonight. Um, yeah. But you can take a look at all six books there, and look, there's a look inside as well if you wanted to read what military intelligence remote viewing sounds like. And um, 
But anyway, that's how I got going with it, was going out to uh, Monroe Institute. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got to tell you, I've been there, <clears throat> and I've done many classes with them as well. Oh, yeah. And I also did a remote viewing class. And um, if you can, can you tell us the difference in your opinion? Now, I know Joe might define it differently. I've met Joe, <clears throat> a wonderful man. I'm very fascinated by his work. Um, can you tell me what the difference is between a remote viewing and astral projection? You know, I really don't know all that much about astral projection. Um, okay. It's everything that I've pretty much been involved with is strictly along the science line, and I don't know. The, the astral projection has not really come up all that much um, in in the area that that's this military intelligence remote viewing type stuff, and so I really don't know how to answer that question because I don't know astral projection well enough to to make the comparison. Okay. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you for that. And uh, <clears throat> so it's something that our listeners then, if, you know, any of our listeners out here, if you guys happen to have uh, any experiences with astral projection yourself or remote remote viewing, please call in. Now, I'm on your on the uh, <laughs> website, the Evidential Mysteries uh, Details Mystery Series. Um, you know, I went over this last week. Fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, information here. You've got information on, uh, you guys did an investigation on Amelia Earhart. You guys did the Titanic. Yes. Uh, Princess Diana. After the last lifeboat, right. right. Yeah, right? <clears throat> Joan of Arc, Custer's Last Stand. Yes, Anne. that's correct. <laughs> oh, my God. And number one, the number one Civil War mystery. So, you know, when I think about this, um, uh, you and I, uh, in a little bit, are going to be talking about Princess Diana. I, I'm going to tell you something, Scott. When, um, when, or am I supposed to call you CSC, CJ? No, that's fine. Prefer? Scott's fine. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Scott's fine. Um, okay. Thank you. So, when Princess Diana died, there was. So there were so many questions around her death because, um, well, it just didn't seem like it was a normal death. But uh, but we're going to go to that in a little bit because apparently you guys, you know, uh, Joe had come up with some amazing, amazing information around her death. And, again, for everybody that really wants to get in on this, it's, it's fascinating reading. Um Evidential Details Mystery Series. Uh, you guys have to get in here. You have to see it. There's a lot of, um, uh, you know, pictures. There's uh, a lot of detail, and it's all military, um, military research through the remote Based. viewing process that Joe McMonaco has done. Yes. Yes, it is. It's all. Um yeah, 100% uh, the military intelligence approach. I just wanted to say that the books are not military intelligence books. They're at evidentialdetails.com. But, I mean, like Joan of Arc is not really military at all. Although she was a French military leader, it's um, it, it's not really a military book. Titanic's not really a military book. They were just done by a retired military intelligence guy named Joe McMonagall. But they're yeah. – and, and actually you can see the intelligence mind at work. Uh, on these, on the way mm-hmm. that he 
operates on these targets and tries to find things. Like with the Amelia Earhart thing, we sent him to the runway because we really didn't know how to target that because we didn't know where she mm-hmm. was. So we targeted the runway at Lay City Airport uh, at 10 a.m. On, um, <clears throat> on, in 1937 there, and there's three planes on the ground, which was not known to history. And he went inside all three airplane fuselages because he figures that being in the, his military mind thinks that the only reason I'm at this airport is because there's something going on here, and it's probably inside mm-hmm. one of these airplanes. So he describes the interior of all three of these 1937 airplanes, and it was it's kind of a fascinating kind of a thing. Um, he's looking for what the target is, you know. Well, let me let me let's go let's go back a little bit because we're probably talking to a lot of people out here in our listening audience right. that have no idea what this process is. So, so let let's go back to ground one. Let's say, like I I can just define astral projection for people where your consciousness, your body can be laying down somewhere, and your consciousness literally lifts up out of your body, and you can travel the astral planes. Now, yeah, and body. you come back. Yeah, your consciousness will literally come back to your body, and then you can write down the details. You'll have a lot of things that you'll be seeing and experiencing. And we've talked about astral projection on my show before, Scott. So with, <clears throat> would you define, okay. give the definition to our listeners about, or, or do you know it? Let, let me ask you this. Because I've had a little bit of experience. I took the class. But can you define what happens for Joe? Like you're talking about a target, and you're talking about um, – him going out kind of psychically or astrally, going out to observe stuff and then coming back and reporting it. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, actually, it's, it's a little different. Joe will focus. Uh, what you have to supply to him is a double-blind envelope with a target inside. The target has to be okay. very, very neutral um, and maybe have, uh, like with the Titanic, what you want to do is give the coordinates of where that ship w- went down, actually, and and give them those longitude and latitude coordinates and say, describe the event. And that's it. That's and he, right. so he's got to look at this envelope, figure out what the target is, and then go there in time and um, report what he sees is, is how he works. And, um, Beautiful. But it, it's all kind of like a serious science thing. And this is, it's all paperwork. There, there's no yeah. um, talking about stuff. I mean, he does talk, but... He writes it. He writes a report. He draws drawings, um, and and it's um, it, it's very kind of scientific in terms of the way that he does it. And it's he he's been used in criminal investigations and government intelligence and commercial applications. So it's very kind of like serious um, business that he's he's involved with there. How he actually very does it is still a matter of speculation. Science. Yes, he is very yeah. accurate. He was the number one guy at at Stargate, and but he's not. It's not known exactly how he's able to do this yet. It has something to do with quantum mechanics, in my opinion, and and going down okay. to the subquark level, where he has the ability to get down to uh, that stuff. But it's not. There's no. Well, the bottom line is you need a mathematical formula, and there isn't one yet. Okay. Well, when we had done the remote so, viewing course, I remember, like you said, it, it, it is, um, how can I say it? Uh, well, you, we did have to have the coordinates. They did have the envelopes. As a matter of fact, they had a target, which would be what you're looking for. They'd have pictures. They'd have it wrapped in aluminum foil. 
which apparently is some sort of um, huh. it, it so it blocks the people from seeing it, so you really can't see it. And we'd have to we would do our exercises that way. So this is um, it's a very fascinating um, practice, and just the fact that I mean Joe's very well known uh, throughout the industry. And do you know do you know I'll, I know that when I got interested in this stuff a long time ago, I got interested in a book called Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain. So I believe that was uh, Russia's involvement right. with their, uh, mili- you know, psychic spying and stuff like this. And, of course, there's been movies made about this stuff. And so our government had the program called Stargate. Now, do you know when that um, started and also when it completed, Scott? Or has it yeah, really the, completed? Uh, well, you know. It, 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 it started in 72 for the states, but actually what happened is the very beginning, what got Russia going was ultimately what got us going was a threat assessment. And there was this, there's an that? article appeared in a French magazine about the Nautilus, the Nautilus submarine when it went underneath the North Pole for the first time like in 1960. And this magazine okay. article comes out saying that since we couldn't communicate with the Nautilus, we had done so with telepathy. And so that, and that's how the Pentagon oh. was communicating with the Nautilus when it was underneath the ice cap. And so the Russians, and you see the Russians were really concerned about this because you can take off from like Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, let's say, and then go underneath the ice cap and be right off the Russian coast on the north side. And, and you could deliver missiles like in about 10 minutes to Moscow rather than 25 minutes. So the Russians are really concerned about it, and they got a hold of this article that said that the states, the United States military was communicating telepathy with <clears throat> the submarine and so they started this long expensive program all through the 60s to find out what they could do and they started um well it was kind of a uh, offensive military thing they started to um focus on on frogs trying to see if they could get a frog heart to go into what uh, what's called an afib which is it goes wow. into uh, fibrillation in the heart the the, the frog then dies of a heart attack, and oh they God. had success in doing this, and then they started doing it to, between Moscow and Gorky Park, which is like 160 kilometers out there, and they could kill frogs from that distance. And um, so they started doing it on um, prisoners that were subject to, that sentenced to, for execution, and they were able to, able to do that. And this stuff started coming back to the States that the Russians had had some ability to do this and what they did is they looked at it and they said well if if they can do that if they can actually kill people then what was back in the day it was nato versus warsaw pact and so whether it's an offensive or a defensive war if you could send the chancellor of germany and the premier of france and um the uh, prime minister in great britain and american president and the supreme commander allied powers europe all to the hospital on the same day with heart attacks you could win that war. And so wow. it became a threat assessment, and in 1972, then they set up with the Stanford Research Institute out there in, um, in Palo Alto, California, to um, decide was if was this a real threat is what it what was wanted. And back in the yeah. day, it was $50,000. After that, you had to report it to Congress, and so they gave them $49,750, like so they didn't have to report it. Wow. And, um Mm-hmm. They set up and started doing all these experiments and developing the American program at that time. Wow. 
Wow. That's uh and are there are there reports so, out there where people no? Like like the um I'm sorry, I reports the name of that law now. Are there reports out there that people can actually order from the government? Well, you know, it's interesting. This week there was this gigantic release of information, which, see, this has all been classified, and then all of a sudden this week um, they came out with this um, 800,000 different files of this enormous release of information about the program. And... um, Wow, just it's going, it's going to be put on the Internet. Previously it was out there, but it was only at the National Archive. And so in order to read it and, and you know, wade through 800,000 files, I mean, it's like, you know, how long is that going to take you? You would have to fly to Washington and get a hotel and then go to the National Archive, like say if they open at 9 in the morning and go in there and read, and then, you know, go home like when they close and go back to the hotel. I mean, it was who, who has the money to spend a week in Washington to go to the National Archive to sift through all that stuff. So it was really kind of like not available, even though technically it was. And um, just this week they decided that it's it's 12 million pages total, and they're going to release it. uh, It's being released to the Internet effective this week is what I understand. It's it's called the CIA's Crest Collection. um, CIA's Crest? But it still has to be compiled and put together and... But you can sort it, apparently, and uh, I guess they've had some problems with the computer crashing on the sort thing, or real slow, wow. delayed type thing. So I don't know how good their computer is that this is set up on, but um, this wow. is kind of like the latest information about Stargate. Mm-hmm, hmm Well, did you, now, do you know, um, I know it was going on for a long time. I don't remember the year that it closed, but... Uh, shortly after it closed, I know that Joe McMonagle, Skip Antwater, uh, they were both from the Stargate program. I don't know the other gentleman that uh, did, um, who else went to uh, the Monroe Institute, but I know that they went out to the Monroe Institute and started having classes, <clears throat> and uh, which was really amazing because right. it was really great. Um where other people could learn how to do this scientifically. Because you know what i got to tell you, Scott, not everyone believes in the psychic stuff. Not everyone believes in the astral projection portion of it. Um, But when they think about this as being a scientific, proven method, that if you follow these steps, that anyone can do it. And this is what we were taught. This is what we were told. Um, that you will be able to do it. And it, so right. some people might argue the point with, well, astral projection versus this, and they said everyone can do it if you, if you follow protocol, if you follow their protocol. So, right, you have to stay in protocol. If you, right. So, say it again, please. Sorry. I was just going to say you have to stay. If you slip out of protocol, the chances are good that you're going to start to get some bad data. And so they set up one of the things that they did out there at SRI there at Stanford, um, the Research Institute, was to establish protocols um, for, you know, what works and what doesn't so that it could become trainable. And um, one of the things that they encountered during the, during through the 80s and stuff was a big thing on channeling. And some of the guys started to try and channel in the uh, operation, and the data wasn't as good as – 
but channeling seemed to be a little bit easier. So people wanted to channel rather than try to remote view. And um, McMonagall says, well, it wasn't as good, but maybe it hasn't been studied enough. So, uh, but they people then went back to uh, remote viewing, and the, um, the 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 results were at a higher level when they went back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you, Joe's a very fascinating man. Um, I've met him in the past. I met his wife. Uh, very nice people, and uh, and it always occurred to me that he was always up to something. Yep. He was always busy. Um, so when when did our Stargate program close down? Or when did they say that they closed it down in our government? Yeah, I want to say 19, you know? uh, uh, yeah, 1996. And, um, yeah, it got blown open, actually. There's a guy named Morehouse that came in there, and um, he was one of the later guys. And, um, you know, this is all very experimental. I mean, these guys, they did not report to work in uniforms. And um, if they didn't feel good, they just call and say, I don't feel like remote viewing today. And everybody said, okay, don't come in, because they were always worried that if you didn't feel good, you'd have bad data. <clears throat> so oh, yeah. um, it was very laid back for a military operation. And uh, when Morehouse came in there, um, the guy apparently kind of like lost his mind because he he was picked up by the police on the beltway around uh, Washington, D.C. there. He had pulled off the side of the road, and from what I read, he was up on the hood of the car, beating the car because he, he pounded his fist on, uh, on the hood of the car because he couldn't figure out if he had slipped into remote viewing or if he was in reality. And so he was having a problem driving. And oh he didn't know what he was doing, and so the police came and picked him up, and he thought that there was something wrong with this guy mentally or something, and they they took him to jail, and uh, once uh, it was, he, you know, he had some identification, they called the government, and boom, CIA came and said, release the prisoner immediately. Wow, no charges on I this get guy. it, I get it. He's gone, open I the, never him out of the cell, he's out of here, he's you. gone. We're having some sort of weird. We're having some sort of weird interaction with your phone communication. I just want to let you know that it's starting to sound very um, electronic. Oh, it, it's nothing at my end. I mean, there are you know, there's sometimes there's people that don't want this information out, really. Yeah. And um, so sometimes there's problems with the telephone, like I think. So, um, yeah, I just want to mention that well, too because, uh, of at course, any it should, rate, you know, when we when we play back the show, we should be able to hear the mechanical electronic uh, connection that we were just starting to have. Anyway, um, so, so at any rate, just to finish this off, then it's Morehouse. Go ahead. It, it, it hit the papers or something. There was guys that listened to the uh, the police uh, radio and stuff like this, and it hit the papers. And, uh, and because of that, the thing got blown open, and they had to close it down. And, and that was how it got actually got closed down, the, the final straw, so to speak, on closing it down. Wow. Well, I I literally have a um, – God. Well, I'm just going to say it right now anyway because it's, it's apropos, and I'm, I'm going to um, I'm going to throw this in. Um, there was somebody that was starting to teach astral projection, and uh, I, I heard that it was somebody that was coming from a program like this, or you know, from a from a government program. When the program was closed down, and they were teaching people how to leave their body and go into this other plane, 
And I knew two people personally that took the program, only it worked for one and it didn't work for the other. So, And I'm saying this right now because I didn't know that this is why they closed the program. And this person also, one of them came out great. The other one didn't come back completely. She had to be hospitalized for a while. So, so what I tell people, Scott, is when you're going to start doing this work, and she's okay now, by the way. She's amazing. She's a fantastic person. When you start doing this work where you're working with your psyche, leaving your physical body, and you're working with your consciousness, the protocol that's being taught in these programs is very important. And like you said, if you're going to do this, you need to follow the protocol to keep yourself safe. And and I also tell people, don't mess around right. with this stuff. You know, learn it. Learn what you're doing. Make sure you've got your shields up. Make sure you're protecting yourself. And if you have to work with spirit guides or whatever, do that. But, again, when you were saying this, it makes perfect sense because apparently this man suddenly slipped into this altered state and had not been in touch with the physical reality. Yeah. And um, and that, of course, could cause a big problem. So that, that's really interesting. Yeah, he could have had an accident really easy. He was on, you know, during like rush hour, going kind of fast, and he was on the beltway, and he was slipping in and out. He couldn't figure out what reality was. And at least he had the, the presence of mind to pull off on the side of the road. Thank God. And um, so he didn't get into an accident. But, you know, he could have gotten into a 65-mile-an-hour accident because he miscalculated, um, you know. So, I mean, nothing happened bad to him. In fact, he actually does teach a course now, as, as far as I know. At least he did. Um, Good. And um, But at, at any rate, I mean, McMonagle doesn't leave his body to do this. You don't, there's, you don't have to have an out-of-body experience in order to do remote viewing. Remote viewing is, yeah. um, you, you know, you Wherever those guys were in lazy boys in dark rooms, kind of like you know one one light kind of indirect lighting kind of thing, so they could cool down and uh, go to the target. Um, but they never uh-huh. left their bodies, type thing. It's, it was not part of the military program. Yeah, yeah. The military I, I program was very scientific and very straightforward. They, yeah. They didn't, uh, you know, they didn't I get around, kind of, They didn't get involved with a lot of stuff that. Um, People do um, outside yeah. of it. It was all, you know, the, the thing is you're under military law, okay? So you mess around. Military law is a totally different ball game than civilian law. And um, so not only that, you're involved with life and death. If you give bad data and they make a decision to do something, someone gets killed, you got to, in, in military intelligence uh, someplace, um, and you're going to go back and say that, well, the, the site function didn't work properly? You, right. you can't say that, you know, <laughs> but there's right. someone's dead. So this was very uh, scientific type stuff, and they just didn't get involved with any a lot of the stuff that goes along with it. Um, they kind of separate themselves out. It's, you know, they were never doing, involved with psychic readings or telling fortunes or reading auras or any of the popular activities that go on in this area. It, it was uh, scientific research, and, and basically they wanted feedback to find out how accurate they were. That was the big mm-hmm. deal. And a lot of times they couldn't get it. But I can give you some examples of, of the stuff that they were involved with. Sure, go ahead. Yeah, I guess you just very quickly, I'll give you this thing here. Um, they were working projects, I can just, it's like a paragraph here, from the status of a cement plant in a hostile country to the location of Soviet troops in Cuba. 
Important North Korean personalities were targeted, as well as underground facilities in Europe, chemical weapons in Afghanistan, the presence of electronic bugs in the new U.S. Embassy in Moscow, the activities of a KGB general officer, a missing U.S. helicopter, tunnels underneath the Korean demilitarized zone, and numerous buildings were, whose purposes were unknown to U.S. intelligence. That, that's an example of stuff that they worked. Wow, wow. Well, so, um, it's really it's really fascinating. It's really very fascinating, and um, I I would like to. Um, we were going to go on to the topic of Princess Diana, unless you'd like to talk more about some of yes. this, um, some of the stuff. So, you want to talk about Princess Diana right now? What would you like to do, Scott? Well, it's uh, whatever your audience would like. I mean, Princess Diane is fine. Um, uh, well, we can actually go to a couple callers sure, if and you want see to. if they have. All right, now what I'm going to do is you guys okay. are going to take the calls, and if you guys have a call for Scott, we'll talk with Scott. If you guys have a, a question for me, I'm going to put you back on hold, and then I'll get your calls uh, when we're done with the interview with Scott. So that's what we're going to do right now. So let's see who our first caller is. Okay. Hello, caller. Hello. Hello. Hi. Do you? Who is this? Esther. Okay. Do you have a Do you have a question for uh, Scott Seeds on this topic that we're talking about tonight? Can you hear me? I can. We're having a little bit of a difficult uh, uh, connection here. Can you hear me? Yes. All right, well, we're going to put that caller back on hold because we're having a really hard time hearing her. All right, let's go back to the next caller. Yes. Hi, caller. Um, who is this? Joanne. Yes, yes. Is this Kristen? Hi, Joanne. How are you? Hi, honey. Hey, you know what, Kristen, the, the thing that we're doing right now is we're going to see if you guys have any questions for Scott, Okay. And and then I will if you've got a question for me then I'm gonna put you back on hold and then I'll get I'll uh answer your question in a little bit. So do you have a question for Scott on the remote viewing? Um, I do not. I will um wait until after you're done. Okay, thanks honey. Thank you. Okay. Okay, no problem. Okay. So, um well let me ask you this also. What has been some of the favorite things that you have found out doing this work? I mean, are you just fascinated by by Joe? Um, has there been stuff that you've just been floored by, Scott? Or how has this experience been for you? Well, it's really been fascinating. And, and it's one of these things where, like on the Titanic, for example, you know, you find stuff out, like one of the things in the Titanic, people say, well, what's the mystery that the, the, the ship sank? But there's two mysteries on that ship, and one of them was what happened in the crow's nest that they really can't quite figure out, and the other one was how did the captain really die? There's five scenarios on that. And with regards to the crow's nest, what we found out was is that the ice side lookout, which is the starboard side lookout, was not in the crow's nest from the time that the ice was sighted until impact. So, what do you mean? The reason that it's called evidential details is, can you prove it? 
And the bottom line okay. on that is if he wasn't there, where was he, right? <laughs> right. And so Joe tells you where he was. And he, he turned out he was in the um, Siemens Galley. And he was getting hot tea because it was freezing up in there. And um, he had left the crow's nest at the wrong time. Now, so oh, the no. thing about it is, though, is how do you prove that? Because you can't mm-hmm. prove it, then it's kind of like fiction. You gotta, you got and what are the evidential details? So I just started by um, doing a deck analysis, you know, A deck, B deck, C deck, this kind of thing. And sure enough, on C deck, underneath what's called the forecastle deck, which is where the the, the mass ladder works is, where the guys have to go up and down inside this big tube that goes way up to the crow's nest in the front of the ship. There it was, boom, the Siemens galleon mess was right there. And so I contacted wow. the um, uh, shipbuilder, and I said, I, want, I asked them how long it would take for a man that was this height. The guy's name was Reginald Robinson Lee, and I got his uh, statistics on height and weight, and um, I said, how long would it take to go from the mess and get back up into the crow's nest? And they gave me a time on that. And the time coincided basically with what Joe said from the time that the bell rang until impact um, would be about right. And then the last thing that the other, there was a second lookout. There was a port side and a starboard lookouts. The port side mm-hmm. lookout was up there, had to do all the alarms by himself. And he shouted down the tube, you know, he said, you can't come up back. And... Um, there's only one place that, that a guy in the crow's nest could talk to somebody else about returning up back. And that means he was talking down the mass ladder tube. Okay. And so McMonagall hit it right on the head. Wow. And I'm just looking at this going, wow. There it is. Wow. The, the, wow. the Siemens galley was in the right place for the right amount of time for the guy to run from sea up to B deck and into the middle of the ship to get to that mass ladder works get in there and then start going up those uh, uh, steps, so to speak, as he's climbing straight up, and then wham, he hits the ice, and, and the uh, the guy, uh, the other guy, his name was Frederick Fleet, Fleet's t- saying, talking about up back, returning up back. And see, people wow. have known about that. Historians have known about it, and they just kind of threw it away like it didn't add up. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. He's coming up back. That doesn't... And all of a sudden, it just went kerchunk. And um, wow. so that, then I did the research on the guy, and, and they had to get rid of Reginald Robinson Lee. And so um, when they determined that, um, well, okay, the next morning after they hit New York, they got into this boat, and they were trying to get these guys out, and the the roster of all the employees had gone to the bottom of the ocean. So when they – but they had to get these guys out through U.S. Customs – Reginald Robinson Lee's name was not on there. So, uh, oh, so he, and and these other guys are supposed to testify the then, huh? for the Senate disaster hearings, and they're trying to get these guys out of the out of twelve mile limit. And and so the the Coast Guard goes after the ship that's trying to get these guys out of U.S. territorial waters and takes about six or seven guys off of the boat that's headed for England to get these guys out of here. And wow. but since Reginald Robinson Lee's not on the roster, he got away. Strange, huh? Now you know what it's really funny because well, um, you would assume that yeah. this guy knew that this kind of fell on him then. Wouldn't you think? What the uh, oh well yeah, see the bottom line is yeah, he was worried about being hanged for not being there. 
because he's not yeah. supposed to leave the crow's nest. Yeah. So, uh, and with the worst sea, the disaster at sea ever, I mean, you know, but the thing about it was is that I did more research in there, and the second officer had said that since it was so cold up there that the, the, he allowed the man to go down to get some hot tea. And so, wow. and, and, and you got to remember, this guy was protected by one of the most powerful maritime unions in the history of the world. It was the English wow. Maritime Union. is an incredible power. And um, so he was going to blame the officers for that, which would have been massive lawsuits. And so it wow. had to be covered up. <laughs> well, I'll so, tell you what, it's um, pretty so there's a lot of, There's testimony right out of the thing. All the stuff that you're talking about, there's so much that you're talking about with this that I wouldn't even have begun to even think about with this with the Titanic. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah pretty it's, fascinating uh, stuff. And it's, and a lot, it's one of the only books that you're going to have sci-functioning where you've got all this. It's not actually courtroom, but it's it's kind of like, you know, Senate hearings is very much like courtroom. You do have attorneys in there, and but they're they're being interrogated, so to speak. They're on this witness stand, and they're talking, and, and the senators are asking questions in the congressional hearings. Then they got to go back, and, and this guy named uh, J. Bruce Ishmay, who was the managing director who made it out, was very reviled because he lived when all these other people died. Um, he has to try and make sure that no one says anything in the States that can mm-hmm. trip them up when they go back for the British hearings because mm-hmm. all the same questions mm-hmm. are coming out again. So he's got this massive job of keeping the lid on stuff, and um, and he knows that the um, Lee was not in the crow's nest. That's why he got him out of the country as fast as he could. And the other wow. thing that was interesting about Lee was is that there was only one lawsuit in the um, – well, there was only one individual. There was a, there was a group action, and people did get paid money for bereavement. But there was one guy that lost his son, and there was a lawsuit in London, and Lee had to appear, and everybody knew that Lee was didn't see the ice. And they were asking, what did the iceberg look like since it was on his side of the ship, and he wasn't there, wow. and he has to testify under oath what it looked like. So everybody's worried, so they said, well, we can't have this. We've got to get rid of Lee. And so they faked his death. Oh, See, my goodness. People really don't know about the Titanic. We're the first ones to uncover this. And so I tracked him down to where his grave is, and um, and then McMonagall describes the church, the, uh, the graveyard that he's actually buried in. And wow. it's in Liverpool, and his grave theoretically is in Southampton. So you're talking about the south side, the southern coast of England versus Liverpool, which is... You know, across from Ireland over there, it's it's on the west coast. Very, they're they're not close together at all. And Lee, the, the death certificate says he died in, in 1913, which is one year after the Titanic. He didn't die until mm-hmm. 1939. <laughs> and is that on his headstone? So anyway, um, no, there's a uh, headstone. What they did is they they, they claimed that they had a triple layer grave. That his father, his mother, and him are all in the same grave there in Southampton, and the um, so I'm doing all this research on on um, burial law in England, you know, and they changed the burial law 2004, and so I did find out though that it was lawful to have a triple layer grave. Well, wow. you know, the thing is, is that the headstone's been sandpapered. <laughs> oh no! But you really can't read anything on birth and death dates and um 
So it's the, the whole thing is really um, oh, and he worked for a, um, a, a another ship company, um, and so I went and all the records of employees are still known about who worked on what ships in this, this ship company, and um, mm-hmm. Reginald Robinson leaves the only guy where they don't have a start and an end date for his employment. Holy mackerel! Pretty strange, huh? It's pretty strange. So anyway, this is the kind of research this is. I mean, these are the only books where where you use psi functioning in the courtroom. Well, you're not, I don't think you can find any place else. I've never seen it, but it, but McMonagall works with this courtroom testimony when I went through all these things to pull out the relevant um, uh, testimony about what these guys are doing, and then comparing it with Joe, and then doing the narrative to put it all together into a book, and it's. Um, it was just fascinating research. And to answer your question, it was just one thing after another. It was like one wow after another because you're blazing a trail in history that hadn't been blazed before. You know, I started reading some of the stuff that you had up on um, up on your website, and it really is very fascinating. And with uh, with how much research that you've done here, Scott, um, and then with Joe doing the remote viewing and you checking records and stuff like that, the the reading is amazing, and as you had as you had said, uh, I think the light print is um, what your your research and your commenting, and then the dark print is the actual re- remote viewing uh, data that yeah, Joe true. had been it's bold. that he'd been seeing and reporting. Correct? Yeah. Yes, that's right. If it's bold, it's Joe, and if it's if it's not, it's me. Yeah, yeah, and it's and I it's tried to it's, quote um, as many people as I could. Mhm. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just really fascinating, and people really yeah, need there's a lot, lot of quotations. Check this out. Yeah, <clears throat> evidentialdetails.com. Evidentialdetails.com. Yeah, and uh, so can you? Yeah, there's give us uh, a name on, on the Titanic book. to be able to. Do, do they contact you through that website, Scott, or do you have a number to give out for people so they can call you and uh, get your books, or how do you how would you like to do that? Yeah. The footer, yeah, the, there's a footer. If you want to contact me, it's in the footer. I think on every page there should be um, uh, an email address there, and then on the, there is a page there called Buy, and you click on Buy. I think it's top left hand side of the, the menu that's across the top of the uh, screen. And if you click on okay. buy, then there's – or if you go to the book page, a lot of times there will be a um, a buy button as well. And you can use PayPal or you can use credit card uh, direct um, if if you want to get one of the books. Um, okay. So and what are, and what are the books works. you have all together? Give us the names of the books because if somebody loves, you know, um, Princess Diana. Now, did you guys do a Marilyn Monroe one? No, we were talking. We were talking about doing a Hollywood one. There's lots of histories, mysteries in Hollywood with regards to deaths and things. Uh, you know, like George Reeves, Superman. How did he really die? And Marilyn Monroe. And um, you know, it, it was. We were going to take a look at, at. You know, maybe getting six different prominent people that died young or died mysteriously, or it's still not known exactly what happened type thing, and have a Hollywood book. But we just never did it. Okay. Well, Joe still You know, and actually course, what, right? what Joe said is he said, well, you know, you, 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 I'm sorry? What was it? 
Joe was still with us, of course, right? I didn't hear you. Uh, Joe's still alive, correct? Oh, yeah. He, he is, yes. He's still alive. And, and uh, we could have done that Hollywood book, but he said, you know, you, until you get these books out, because we work 10 targets, and um, he says, until you get these, these books out, you know, I don't want to work anymore until you get these done. And um, it took a long time to get them done. Um, and so by then, um, well, I just talked to him about a year ago, and um, uh, I wasn't able to actually put it together to get another topic done. Well, maybe, maybe so, um, um, he'll. I mean, I don't I know. I think this, this may be it. Seeing more, if possible. But otherwise, these are. Yeah, these I are know. The, um, looks like they're fascinating. Well, you know, and you really don't have to be a historian or, you know, people say that they don't like history. In fact, I talked to one person, and she said, oh, this sounds very good, but I'd never read it. And I said, why not? She goes, because it's history. <laughs> but oh my. really, history at this level is, is very minute. I mean, you know, like in the Civil War book, I had to identify this this guy, this general by the color of his uh, the pupil in his eye, you know. His, he had green eyes. Well, Wow. That, see, that's really up tight and personal. I mean, that's Joe looking right into the man's face, and um, yeah. and it, 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 that wasn't really known. To, um, everybody had said that he had blue eyes, but Joe said, "No, no, this is green." <laughs> wow. wow. So, um, and see, Joe doesn't know that they say his blue eyes, but he had light-colored eyes, and sure enough, that helped me nail down the general. Um, that in the, in the, the the Civil War thing is really a fascinating um, read as well, and you don't really have to be involved with war or anything or like war or any or any of that. It's more it's it's who dropped the, this order. The number one Robert E. Lee had an orders for his generals for the week, and he distributed five of them, and one of them got lost, and it found its way all the way up to the theater commander of the Union Army, and the big question is, how did that happen? Because yeah, the theater yeah. commander in the Union Army is now like like he's a Confederate general. He's got the Confederate orders, and so um, and it's really down to the wire. And then in, and it has an incredible impact on the timing of the Emancipation Proclamation, and it leads to the bloodiest day in American history. And also because of it, London and Paris decide not to recognize the Confederacy. So this mm-hmm. mystery is like the biggest mystery in the Civil War, and we solved it. But just to give you an idea about how, what kind of up-close and minute type of data that Joe can provide. Details, yeah. Well, you know what, there's a couple more callers here. Let's, let's see if they've got a question for you. Otherwise, okay. we will um, let's sure. see if we have a, a question for you or not. Um, let's see. Hello, caller. Okay. Can you hear me? Hello? All right. Some people actually like to call in and listen. Uh, so let's see if we have another caller here. Hello, caller. Hello, can you hear me? All right, that might be another listener. And we have one more caller here. Now, Hello, caller. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Yes. And who is this? Can you hear me? 
Well, it's interesting. So we're having a little difficulty with our callers uh, calling in here. Some people literally just get online, though, Scott, to listen to the show. So uh, I know we've got a couple of people that are listening in, which is okay. wonderful. So anyway, I would like to invite you back at a later time to join us again because I would love to go through. Um, I, I'd love to have a show with Princess Diana. I'd love to have you know you give us more of that uh, the information on that. You know, also Custer's Last Stand because personally, I was sharing this with you. I had a really horrible, horrible experience when I went to see Custer's Last Stand. And, um, I mean, we can get into all of that, but would you be willing to join us again so we can cover some more of your fascinating books? Sure, that'd be great. Uh, just tell me which title you want to do. If you want to do Custer, we'll do that. Um, it's, it is a good read, and, and uh, I'd like to hear your experiences as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd be more than happy to share them. So, yes, well, uh, so, let me so know. So people um, can contact you. Uh, how can people contact you again, Scott? Would you? I know it's evidentialdetails.com. Well, that's the website. You can get me at inbox at lnn1.com. Okay, repeat that, please. That's I-N-B-O-X, inbox, inbox at LarryNancyNancy1.com, lnn1.com, just like CNN, but it's lnn1.com, oh, and... Um, <laughs> And like I said, it's at the bottom. It should be a footer at every page at the bottom uh, on the website there if you go to uh, evidentialdetails.com and and you go to a page. Actually, the, the, the home page has it at the bottom as well. Beautiful. All right. Well, I want to say thank you so much for joining us on the show, on the show today. And um, we will be in touch for sure, and we'll have just to set up another time because this stuff is just fascinating. Well, it's a pleasure to be here on your show and everything. Thank you. Thank you so much, Scott, and I look forward to talking to you again. Okay. Thank you, then. Okay. Right, Bye-bye. Bye. Good night. Good night. Oh, my God, you guys, what a fascinating gentleman. Uh, can you imagine how much time that he had to take to pull together these books? And, again, um, I don't know – you know, I'll be able to get to a couple of calls here right now and, um, and you know, talk with you guys, see if you have some questions. I tried getting to several of you guys on the line. Um, I don't know if you just couldn't hear or if you guys are just listening in. No problem either way. But the amount of time to do research like this, the work with Joe McMonaco, um, if you guys like our psychic topics, and I know you do because this is the psychic show your psychic connection, and we talk about all the different topics in the psychic field. So um, evidentialdetails.com, check it out. It's really fascinating. All right, I told you guys that if you hung on, I'd be able to answer a couple of psychic questions for you, so let's go to the uh, call-in line. Kristen? Yes. Hi, Diane. Hey. Hey, honey, how are you? I am good. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to take that not a lot of your time. I do want to tell you that um, I um, that numerology guy that you had on before, boy, yes. was he on point because as Woo! soon as the end of the uh, end of December, I had two interviews. 
I got a job offer for one. <laughs> Unfortunately, I could not take it. I really, really, really wanted to, but it just wasn't going to work out. And the second uh-huh. one, um, I didn't get, but she's all, she's now she's looking for more people to bring on, and she's looking she's looking to talk to me and bring me on. And then over the next, um, I'm going to tell you right now because I was seriously thinking about moving back home because it's been that bad financially, and I just didn't know what else to do. Well, yes. you were right again because you said something told, and I didn't know, and I didn't know if you meant don't leave this job or don't leave, you know, the area in general because you you weren't really that specific. But you were right again because it's something. And the last time I talked to you, you said something about the spirits. We're like, don't leave. Well, yeah, I've had. Um, five interviews in the last probably couple of weeks. Um, I've had. Everybody keeps calling me from a resume. I apply. I've, I think I have possibly two. I'm about 98. I'm between 80 and 90% sure I'm going to have about probably two job offers, if not three. So, so, yeah, so girl. As soon as Saturn got out of my, as soon as Saturn got out of Gemini, boom, did things start. Oh, my God. Holy shit. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Wow. So he was, and if you listen to the thing back in Jan, back in um, August or whenever I had it, he says this year is going to be hard for you. But then as soon as that, as soon as it gets out, January is going to be much better for you. Boy, was he not kidding. Wow. So, well, um, just to let people know too, Kristen, thanks for saying that <clears> because <throat> Dave Gunning is a very, very old friend of mine. Uh, for years and years and years, we've done hypnosis together. He's a master astrologer. He appears on my show. Uh, we normally do it every last uh, Wednesday of the month, but again, with me going to these different classes, sometimes we'll do different Wednesdays. So make sure everyone that's listening to the show, you know, check in. It's uh, master astrologer Dave Gunning. And again, Kristen, thanks for the testimonial. I just I just wanna just tell you just real real quick. Um also when when you told me last time um for um don't leave you also mentioned something about April. And I did um I found this um numerology thing online or whatever and I did like a free reading and sure enough it was something about April versus career. So Wow Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I do just have a quick question. I don't know if you have time, but I was just, um, I, I did want to just um, ask, with everything going on, I just don't know which which way I'm going to be going and which way I should go with all these possible opportunities. I just don't, I kind of wanted to get your opinion on what you see and or what you feel or what's going on with you. Honestly, Kristen, the the thing that I really, what I'm hearing, honestly, is follow your heart. All right. And if that means okay. it's like, oh, I love kids, and this thing has something to do with kids, or, oh, I love doing, you know, filing, you know, wh- whatever it is, whatever's coming up, if you're, if you're getting like a, even a, how can I say it, if you're getting an inkling or um, whatever makes me happy kind of thing. Yes. And you're going like, ooh, this feels good, positively, follow that. Okay. Okay. All right. So, yeah, it definitely, you know, God, fate, and destiny definitely do not want me leaving here. They don't, they made it, yeah. they made that clear. 
So, and yes, that's what I've said. Not leave. And, I've, yep. and, I've, and, I've, and I've said that before. I said, okay, well, Durian said, don't leave. Well, then you better break, then God and destiny, fate, spirits, whatever, better be giving me a damn job to be able to stay or, or, or I'm going. That's right. Boy, did they ever. <laughs> Chris, they, and I'm telling did. you something. They First off, like, they, they did. They were like, okay, you want jobs? Here you go. I'll give you like five of them right here. I was there. They, there you go. I, I am so glad you listened because <laughs> people will come for psychic readings, but they don't always listen, right? Well, I did listen, but I mean, I had, I, at the time, I may not, I didn't have a choice. Like I could not, right. I was not in a financial place to be able to stay and I didn't have any other options. So I was like, okay, God, well, if you want me to stay, then you better give me a reason to stay. And he gave me a reason to stay. So, Perfect. and that's, you know, and that's, and know, and it just, it solidifies what I believe in. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens the way it's supposed to. And everything happens, you know what I mean? And, and it does, you know, and I was literally on the verge of having to move back home. And God's like, nope, you're not doing that. I'm giving you a reason to stay. You're staying right, you're, you're staying put. And boy, did he ever. So, too great. Too great. Definitely Chris. did. Too great. So, all right, honey. Definitely did. Okay, I'm well, giving you thanks. a big hug. Mwah. Okay, love you. Same here. Big hugs back to you, honey. And uh, you have a great night. Happy, happy new year. And, and keep up with the good work. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. This gives yeah. me a little bit of a, a little bit of hope that everything's going to be okay. That I'm going to be okay. So, will you make it happen? Okay. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, you know me, Jorian. Okay. <laughs> I do, Chris. Right, I'll do. talk to you later. For years and years and years. Ten years. All right, honey. More than ten years. Ten years. I okay. know. All right. I know. I'll talk to you later. Well, God bless. All right, honey. Okay. Right Mwah. now. Okay, buddy. All right. Big hug. Mwah. Oh, my God, Kristen is just wonderful. All right, well, let's see who we have left next online, you guys. Hello, caller. Hi, this is Esther. Es- oh, my God, what? Esther, I had you running through my mind a little while ago. Hi, how are you? I am so great. Hey, what's going on? Hey, there is a lot going on there. Um there is uh, some layoffs going on at my job, and okay, my boss bummer. got laid off. Yeah, my, my my boss got laid off, but he's trying to make it where he can get, you know, they're giving him back. You know, I don't know. They're trying to negotiate him being back, but I'm hoping he can stay for, you know, at least until, you know, maybe a six more months. I don't know. But um, Yeah, me, but is I'm he the trying- kind of boss that kind of feels like this? He feels like such a great guy. I hope they get him back in. I think they probably will. The duration, I don't know. But isn't he the kind of guy that if something happens, he'd kind of like to take you with him kind of guy? Yeah. Yeah, he would because I do all the work. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. He want to take me with him, yes. He would. Wow. But do you think he'd stay until, you know, maybe March or April? Or you think that? They just find another place for him. It well, it feels like he's supposed to still be within the company, and it feels like at least until I, I'm hearing June is what I'm hearing. That's what I thought. It will he be in, with me until June, or? Well, what's interesting about your job is it feels like you are supposed to be moving up or doing some sort of shifting 
or changing the quicko change-o kind of thing, like you will probably be making changes yes, differently that's what within I'm that say. company. I, I, let me ask you this. I'm I'm thinking that, you remember that job that I applied for with the Chicago Bulls, that one job, the PR job that I really wanted? Yes. Do you think, yes. okay, they said, remember, do you think that job can come back because, I, you know, I got a feeling maybe they'll call me back or maybe the radio job will pop in for me in the next couple of months and by next month. I'll hear something else. It it seems like some radio stuff could, uh, could radio TV, but as far as the bulls, it, it feels like the bull thing opportunity is slipping away or things might be shifting and changing where it wouldn't be the same that what it once was. Okay, all right, because I did apply for a job, a radio job in, in management. I did apply for good, good. a radio job, and they did contact me. They did, because they did say, we did receive your resume. And then another one, I sent the lady my resume. I sent it to her uh, email. So should I contact her and see if she received it, or should I just wait? I would contact her. I would contact her, and I would also keep putting resumes out in that industry because that that does feel like feels like it's a nice fit for you. Okay, so I'm I'm looking down the Scott Truth. I have a memorial. My brother died June, January fourth, and I was very sorry. Uh, yeah, he was ready to go home. He's been ready for a while. But do you think uh, I'm leaving in March to go up to a memorial? Will I be done with this job? Will I have a job by the time I leave here? By the time, do you think? Now, remember, I'm not 100%, but I'm automatically I'm hearing it's like, why, yes. I'm hearing that. But let me tell you a radio station that it kind of feels like you're supposed to be connected to. It feels like there's a radio station out there that does, Spiritually uplifting music and topics. Oh, really? Yeah. A spiritual radio, a spiritual radio station. That's where I'm seeing you at. Okay. Not the talk radio mm-hmm. station, right? Oh no, okay. part of it's going to be a talk radio station. Sure is. Is it by the water? Am I am I close? Uh I'm not 100% sure about the water part. I mean, it feels like there's a building close to the water. feels like spiritual talk stuff. And I don't know what channels those are, what stations they are. You can't see the, the call letters? No. Okay. But I know I can hear them talking. Okay, and it's a spiritual. I can hear them one? talking, and it talks about spiritual, spiritual music, spiritual shows. Okay, uh, you know what? Uh, I'll just go and apply for all of them. <laughs> I'll apply for That's all of them. That's what I would do. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Okay, next week okay. is happy birthday. Happy birthday, because I know your birthday is around mine. Mine's is next Friday, so I'll be calling oh. you for a week. So I'll be calling oh, you for a week. Oh, perfect, perfect. Well, thank Happy you. Birthday, it's though. February 16th. All right. Oh, no. All right, Faith Hogg, I, I love you. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> love you, too, honey. Have a great night. Thank right, you. Bye. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Oh, my God, I just love you guys. All right, let's see who's next online here. Hello, caller? Hello? 
Hi, who is this? This is Pat. Hey, Pat, how are you tonight? I'm okay. Can you hear me? I can, I can. Can you hear me? Are we loud enough here? It's it's just it, it's it's a little low. I just wanted to, to start off by saying I love remote viewing. I mean, it fascinates me. So yeah, oh. if, if if the gentleman comes back, I'd I'd really like to tune in again and hear more. Um, but my question is, um, I'm working with kids right now, um, and it'll be ending in a couple of weeks, maybe a month. Uh, and I need another position similar. And it's going to be temporary because I'm planning on doing something else. Do you see me getting something quick? I, I've got to tell you, if you don't mind me saying, Pat, uh, have I seen you personally already for readings? No, I, okay, I've you talked to you. Personal though. readings with me yet? Okay. When well, I just your your presence is somewhat familiar. Um, when I feel this this ending with these kids right now, for some weird reason, it feels like it's supposed to end with kids. It almost feels like you're going into a shift of different yes. career paths. I just need money. That I think that, that's what it is. It is because it, it's exactly what I'm planning. It's just I need money, and that's my big concern right now. So, But, but you're absolutely right about that, absolutely. Yeah, that's ending. That's, that's a chapter that's going to completely close. Now, and you're supposed to be writing books. Writing books? Yeah, you are. I don't don't know if you've ever been interested, but when I look at you psychically, and I've got goosebumps running all over my body right now, Pat, so I know I'm right. Whenever I get goosebumps and chills all over my body, that's uh, that's 100% accurate information. So... And, and the weird part is, even if you're not interested, you might be scratching your head going like, really? But I, <laughs> I see the work with your your part of your life with the children coming to a close. And um, I see you writing books. I don't know if wow. you want to do office work or what this is, but you will find no. other work to do for sure. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what the segue I, I, is going to be right now. Yeah, because I'm just I'm my concern is is money, but I absolutely want to go into a different modality. I see. I wasn't thinking of books. I was thinking more of like you know, Reiki or something like that. And I'm oh, excited. You know. Um, have you have you heard me on the show before where my daughter is a Reiki master teacher? Yes. Yes. Man, and good. I'm just I'm trying to just figure out how I'm gonna get from here to there. And and well, I let me, I do let me believe tell you it. this. Let me let me tell you this. She does Reiki shares, which means you can go you can go to her house on a weekend and have the experience of a group of people doing Reiki on you getting a presentation on it and experiencing it firsthand. Okay, and, now when just, when you go ahead. When when you take the um first class, how many hours do you have to put in before you go to two? Oh, actually, uh my daughter who works for the uh the really big uh William Rand um center, well her her center is Midwest uh Center for Reiki Advancement, but 
is she is under uh, William Rand, who's uh, she was one of their professional teachers, and you can get Reiki one and two in your first weekend. So you don't have to just take one and then wait to do two. Oh, okay. Some people. I thought you had to have so many hours in. Yeah. Yeah, so of, uh, let me give you her her name and number real quick. Her name is Terry Doolin. Okay. Doolin? Her number is 219-712-0507. And that's the Midwest Center for Reiki Advancement. I believe it's .com. But I would okay. call her up. And, and if that's what's calling to you right now, I would really get into that and see um, see what you can do with that. Right, but but you, but you said books too. <laughs> oh, like, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. You're Pat. sure of that. <laughs> wow. Okay. You're just, <laughs> I believe you have to wait and see how God leads you there. <laughs> exactly. I I I honestly believe that that there's it's just in front of me, and I just have to stop holding on so tight to everything and just kind of let it flow. Yes, and that's how it's, that's how it's going to happen. Okay. okay. Thank right. you, and hey, I, I really, really enjoyed the, I, I enjoyed the show, and the Princess Diana is fascinating to me. Um, I hope he comes back because I'd really love oh, to, to listen. Thank you. It was thank a great you. show. And please join us again, okay? I will. Thank you very much. Have a great night. Thanks. Thanks. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye now. All right, you guys. We've got one more caller left, and uh, let's see who it is. Hello, caller. Hello. Hi. Thanks for thanks for hanging on. What's your name? Oh, Jerry, and this is Sherry. How are you? Hey, Sherry. I'm great. Hi. Um, hey, what's going on? All right. So I've got something um, that's kind of slapped me in the face here uh, legally. Uh oh. Um, yeah, something something financial legally, and I was wondering if. Uh, if you can kind of hone in on it and see what's going to happen, I'm supposedly in contempt of court, and it has to do with the ex-husband and child support and all this bunch of crap. And my lawyer really fell through on me, and I'm kind of at a loss right now. Yeah. Well, it it kind of feels like you still have to. Um. It it feels like you'll have to kind of still stand your ground, but it feels like you will have to pay or whatever that looks like, sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you don't see anything uh, kind of balancing that out? Well, it still Financial. feels like you're still supposed to be putting your your foot down and making sure that you're heard. Do you understand? Not just yeah. to be, um, how can I say it, indecisive about this or not, you know, don't let them roll you over. You know, you okay. still need to firm about what's going on on your side of what happened. And uh, and you might, you know, I don't know if you can afford to get a new lawyer right now, but, you know, heaven only knows. Mm. Great. Okay. But just just hang in there right now because it still might be a little bit of a, a high pressure situation. But you'll end up coming out of it okay on the other end. But I still think it's going to cost you something. Okay. 
Sorry. Yeah, so I was afraid you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Of... Well, just just roll with it. It might not be as bad as it could be. Right. And the bottom line is, you have to go through it anyway. So just hang firm in there. Get through it. Get her. Get her done, and get on with the day. Okay. All right. All righty. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, You're the welcome, show tonight honey. was awesome, by the way. It was great. It really was. <clears throat> great show. Thank you. I'm going to have him back. This this gentleman, Scott right. Seeds, he's just a fascinating man. The information, the data, oh, my God. I mean, so he's got Princess information on Princess Diana, which you know there's so much more going on there. And uh, Custer's Last Stand, I had some personal experiences there. It's really crazy. So uh, please keep, uh, like, watching and then join us back, Okay. I will. And, you know, when you were saying that you were having, like, um, like a digital audio problems with him, yeah. I was able to hear both of you crystal clear. So wow. I don't know if that was the experience of the rest of the callers or not, but I did not hear, and I was listening for it, I did not hear a single digital blip whatsoever. So that was really weird. Well, I won't give you my personal opinion on that then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we know we know that yeah. there are... You know, things that go on where certain topics that I want, you know, put out there. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yes, I believe that. All right. Yep. You know it. <laughs> well, la, 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 Sherry, la. it was great, great talking with you again, okay? All right. See you in February. Huh? All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, so if we're still call, if we're still recording, you guys, this is the end of the show. This is your psychic connection with Jory and the Coffee Psychic. Please join us again next week um, at uh, your psychic connection right here at Blog Talk Radio. I look forward to talking with you all again. Have a great night, everybody. All right, bye. <laughs>